everybody, and welcome to another sports, sports, sports podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us, as always, is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. You're right. I am joining you. Yes, indeed. Good to have us all here. Jordan just returned from the Grand Canyon in Zion. Whoa, America. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of Americana out there. As soon as you said it, Jordan, I thought, road trip, perfect for the time of COVID-19. It really was. It really was. It, it was, it, you know, and it, honestly, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too busy, which was nice, you know? And oh, those yeah. are those are two spots that in the summertime can get a little crowded, and they were not. Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures of when that canyon is filled up like half of the way to the top. Oh, the my gosh. It, and... It's like a motor speedway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bristol. Absolutely. You go there in August, and you could walk across the top of it, side to side, no big deal. You're like, screw you, right. screw you, evil Knievel. <laughs> that doesn't sound accurate. <laughs> no, no, Joel's joke, joke, Joel's talking about the Vente Canyon. That's actually a little bigger. <laughs> ah, there we go. Starbucks jokes. <laughs> hey, uh, but you know what? Honestly, what's, what's actually interesting is we, we're, we're, I don't know that we're making it through uh, COVID. Uh, we're, we're, we, we are getting, uh, getting through uh, day by day, of course. Yep. But sports are actually coming back somewhat soon. Yes, uh, it's good. America needs something to rally behind now. And clearly the, the rest of the world is not happy. So sports time, right? That, I mean, that would be great. Uh, and yeah, we yeah. got the, you know, the I, NHL I, I, is coming back. To be back. clear, America needs something good to rally around. Would be, oh, would be the so way. not baseball. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Oh, what? Hey, you knock it off there. It's boring. It's a boring game. You cut that out. Hey, well, not today. Not today. But uh, we got the NHL coming back. We got the NBA coming back. And that's actually our guest today. We have the backup center from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, What was his name there, Phil? Oh, Yuri Gargantuan. Uh, Yuri Gargantuan. Yeah, he's the backup center for the Sacramento Kings. And because we wanted to talk to an NBA player about what it's going to be like to be playing in Orlando. They're basically setting up a bubble at Disney World at, at the like the all-star sports complex at Disney where they're yeah. going to play all the NBA games in Orlando. And so we wanted to get an athlete's opinion on this. There I we mean, go. I haven't been to Orlando say, since I was a kid. That'll be fun. Oh, Jordan, I know you so say long. set up a bubble, but I've seen pictures of the skyline. The Epcot Center is just sitting right there. Oh, you're, oh, yeah. oh you're thinking... <laughs> The whole game's on Spaceship Earth. I like it. Self-contained sphere. Oh, no, I mean, I I have no idea what's in Epcot Center. I'm just saying it's like a big bubble. Oh, it's Spaceship Earth. Yeah. It's it's a ride where you just keep going up. The world's just a giant golf ball, man. The world's just a giant golf ball. So how many people are still stuck at the top? Oh, yeah, when they shut down Disney, they just, Help! Well, you but said it cool. just it just keeps going up, so presumably... We, we just got to the video phone. Please, let me down. Let me yeah, they, down. They, they walk you through technology from the beginning of technology to future. But that they put it in in like the 80s, right? I think they're updating. They're always okay. updating. Like Captain Jack Sparrow is on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride now, so they're updating. And, oh. and Spaceship Earth, so... yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got rid of Figment. That's good that, branding. Just put yeah. Johnny Depp in there. There we go. <laughs> Arr, me using a video phone. What says <laughs> What says Disney? Like Johnny Depp. Uh, so we got. So he'll be on the show. And uh, Phil, we got a wide world of weird sports. You're goddamn right, we do. And a new sports throughout history. But first. 
the grass is green, the glove is cool, having a dog at the game, total of baseball, major rebrand, baseball's cool now, total of baseball. Brought to you by Mountain Dew Electricity. We run electricity through our Mountain Dew. ESPN televises MLB draft. This is not a drill, people. Whoa, (laughs) that's exciting TV. Subheadline, time to show people how cool baseball is. Sub-subheadline, Rob Manfred incorrectly believes it is a drill, fails to show people how cool baseball is. Tim Kirchin must have been so excited. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's been waiting for this day his entire life. Uh, This past uh, Wednesday, the Major League Baseball draft aired on ESPN for the first time since 2008. Now, to give you an idea of how long ago this was, the MLB Network, who has covered the draft every year since then, wasn't even launched until January 2009. Well, that's just bonkers. That really puts it in perspective, Nespa. (laughs) Uh, And while that probably blows your mind that the MLB draft was on ESPN, probably uh, most mind-blowing is that this was actually in the cards prior to COVID. Really? Yeah, huh. this was this was negotiated before the seat, like long ago. And this means inconceivably that both panels of ESPN's My Plans 2020 meme for Wednesday, June 10th, is just the same picture of Rob Manfred at a podium. <laughs> uh, and, if, and if Bud Selig looks like a guy who's always underprepared and running late for a meeting... Uh, Rob Manfred looks like Nosferatu, but with a dead-eyed zombie stare. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Nosferatu always had that, like, penetrating, uh, penetrating vampire look. Yeah, he had a little bit of, like, Mark Zuckerberg eyes. Like, wait, did he ever blink? I don't know. I think I saw him blink <laughs> I don't once. think he blinked! Uh, so, uh, and, it, uh, now the NL- MLB draft, though, normally is 40 rounds. Uh, and that's a length that can only be described as listeners hoping that maybe I misspoke. But sure, no, right? it's 40 damn rounds. However, with the MLB season uh, is, in, is in jeopardy, largely because owners are dicks, the minor league season has been canceled officially because owners are dicks. And so, <laughs> so this year, the draft was shortened to a surprisingly consumable five rounds. Oh, hmm. That is much. I mean, when I play like general manager baseball simulation games, that's how many rounds I do before I hit simulate the rest of the draft. <laughs> you play baseball general manager simulation games for yeah. fun? You don't, yeah. Phil? <laughs> uh, I like Honestly, to play games. Phil, you you don't understand how much if you you would love these if you had any conception of of baseball. Like they're very like involved game video games that you can uh, you can get really lost in the minutia. Of. It's you it's like know that it's like video City. games where you can be a Jedi and actually use the Force, right? Those games exist. Yeah, this is this is like The Sims or Sim City. You know, I Madden, see. Madden, and the baseball ones where it's like you're building a team. It's it's more like The Sims or, or Sim City uh, 2000. Watch out for the robot attack. You want to feel, and especially, Phil, if you're, you know, total hypothetical here, but if your favorite team is crap, you can can create uh, uh, an alternate reality that stretches long into the future where, say, 
the Detroit Tigers have a 650 winning percentage over a, a 20-year period. Oh, feels sad, man. Not unlike if your <laughs> life is crap, you can create an alternative reality where you're a Jedi. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds, that sounds like this, but even more exciting. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the NFL usually has seven rounds. And yeah. so, and, and you rarely say this, but that feels so bulky and long with the MLB's <laughs> five rounds sounding uh, svelte and sexy. Nespa. Yeah, you'd Nespa. think the, the, with the, uh, with the state of football as the war of attrition that it is, you'd think the NFL would have more rounds than baseball. Yeah, yeah actually you would. <laughs> you know, like, seems like a lot more people are going to get hurt. Football uh, rosters should be like 95 people. <laughs> I mean, and this just and this just proves that sports fans are scraping the bottom of the barrel so hard they've worn down their fingers to bloody little sausage nubs. Ooh, <laughs> because Nespa. yeah, MLB's day one ratings were up over a hundred percent from last year. Whoa! Yeah, nice. basically twice as much from last year and the year before. Major League Baseball, we'll wear you down. <laughs> Uh, it was the network's, it was ESPN's most watched weekday program in three weeks since a rebroadcast of game six of the 1998 NBA Finals. Oh, my, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Don't worry, the draft did better than that. Um, <laughs> also, it probably helped that a lot of the people who would watch the MLB draft are also people who would rather just watch a baseball game of which there are normally 15 of on the day of the MLB draft, and this year <laughs> was none. Oh. Sure. Yeah, that is a little different. Uh, where most sports, most like NBA and NFL drafts take place out of the season. So if you're a sports fan, you're not competing with your own product to yeah. watch the draft. I mean, uh, baseball also, the one sport where there's arguably more action in the draft than in the game itself. No, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's a little hurtful, Joel. I that's a hey, little I hurtful. love baseball, but depending on how long the clock is between picks. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's only slightly longer than the pitch clock. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, the ratings uh, for the cover. That, now, though, I gave you those were the ratings for the day one of the draft. That's round one. That's the most exciting one. But, yeah. and, the, and the ratings from the coverage of rounds two through five were about uh, two-thirds less than day one. But we have nothing to compare it to ratings-wise because the second day of the MLB draft has never been televised. <laughs> wow. What? No, that just seems crazy. How We're could so people have gone this long yeah, without watching the second day of the MLB draft? Yeah, and, and, and I'll say this. The article I read noted something that is either a clear jab at baseball or an ESPN negotiating tactic as uh, the MLB's deal with the network is up soon. The, the article stated, while no match for the NFL draft, which averaged 15.6 million in night one, Wednesday's opening round of the MLB draft comfortably topped the WNBA draft in ESPN. <laughs> wow, they're really looking for success stories, huh? <laughs> the grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game. Total of baseball. Major rebrand. Baseball's cool now. Total of baseball. Brought to you by... Mountain Dew Electric! There will be no survivors! And now it's time for another Sports Throughout History! Bum, 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 bum. Brought to you by... The History Channel. Uh, you, you, when, it's, when it's new, it's news. When it's done, it's history. 
<laughs> this week, the 1921 NFL Championship Controversy. Uh-oh. Controversy. I, don't, I, I know right? nothing about this, but you included the year, so I know it's historical. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's not unlike the uh, 1997 Joel's the Smartest Person You Ever Knew uh, act. In 97, you would have been what? 16? <laughs> 15. I'm the 15. same age as you, Phil. <laughs> I always think you're older. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause, uh, because I hate things. Because you're wizened. <laughs> yes. Uh, the 1921 NFL championship controversy, known among Buffalo sports historians and fans as the Staley Swindle, is a Whoa. dispute in which the Buffalo All-Americans unintentionally surrendered the 1921 APFA championship title to the Chicago Staley's, later renamed the Chicago Bears. Oh. Uh, See, this, yeah. This is why I was confused, because I, I thought, I, I didn't know you were talking about Staley Swindle. <laughs> Excuse me. Had Jordan. you just called it, it said that's how it's known among people in Buffalo and sports fans. I'm a sports fan, so yeah, I, I guess we call it Staley Swindle. Right. But I know, I know right. you Ivory Ivory Tower right. types as call we, it uh, the 1921 uh, NFL championship uh, controversy. I understand. You're you're well, an you academic, gotta, Joel. You got to call it the official name first. But well, uh, well, us sports outsiders call it the Bears bamboozle. So, <laughs> ooh. You guys yeah, figured it out. We're called the Bears back then, but uh, but yeah. So uh, I know this is going to be a little difficult, Jordan. But try to wrap your head around a story where the the Buffalo's football team fails to win the championship. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! That goes back this far. It's yeah, so just, sad. just I mean, I I know that it, it's it's you know from a credibility perspective, this is going to seem off. But yeah, let's see if we can we can oh. play along. Oh, I feel worse. The Buffalo All-Americans finished 1921 with a 9-0-2 record in the regular season. Good regular season. All right, we can follow that. Meanwhile, Chicago captured second place with its only loss coming against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, the Staley's refused to play any road games that season except their Thanksgiving game against the then undefeated All-Americans, who also played all of their games at home. So, who... Who were they playing? What what kind of team gets to declare that they're not going to go on the road? Yeah, uh, they're playing the the South Chicago team. They're playing the West Chicago team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Does this have anything to do with fallout from the influenza that was happening like a year prior or two years prior? Mm, yeah, I think that was more nineteen 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 twenty. Okay, uh, so this would have been. I didn't know if there was anything to do with that, or this is just. Uh, early football not having maybe the budget to travel well, i can't hot. put these guys on a train they take up two seats yeah but then but then does that mean you just round up a bunch of local amateurs to get their ass kicked every week i mean that, that sounds bears. how you go it sounds how you go undefeated is what it sounds yeah, like exactly yep. uh chicago owner george hallis then challenged the all-americans to a rematch Buffalo owner Frank McNeil, having already scheduled his team's last game for december 3rd against the akron pros uh and that's pros, P-R-O-S, not Akron pros, like Akron writing that's not poetry. Oh, you mean the Akron yeah. literary style that developed yes, at the time exactly. of the turn of the century? So, so confusing. They really should have thought more about that. Well, this is because this is before the, the Akron Renaissance, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, actually, I mean, it being Akron, Akron prose is just writing in complete sentences, but, uh... Right, oh. they'll get there someday. Oh! <laughs> Ohio joke! <laughs> uh, Buffalo owner... Yeah, sorry, I already said that. Uh, McNeil made a point of telling the Buffalo media that the two two games were exhibitions and would have no bearing on the team's claim to the APFA title. Uh, so this is this is apparently when the NFL was much more like college football, where it was like, yeah, at the end of the season... We'll just argue about who was best. <laughs> wow, different time. Having sports writers determine things. Dumb idea. Yep. Uh, he also released the players Buffalo had borrowed from the Detroit Tigers. Wow. And I'm assuming the Detroit Tigers at this point was an early <laughs> NFL yes, the team. the then-defunct Detroit Tigers NFL team. <laughs> okay. Uh, to play one last exhibition game under the Tigers banner. Uh, the same day as the Staley's All-American matchup, the Tigers played the Detroit Maroons. Uh, McNeil made one exception and kept Clarence Steamer Horning, who would incidentally score the All-Americans' only points in the Staley's rematch by recovering a blocked punt for a touchdown. You know what's funny is hearing all these names, I bet I could take all of them. They would look at my six-foot-three frame and be like, Monster! Yeah, so, like this. This was some. These. Yeah, the tallest person alive then was five eleven. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the All Americans defeated the Pros fourteen nothing. Then the team boarded a train for Chicago. Several of their players instead left to play in the Detroit Tigers game again, presumably football. Uh, despite the defections and being warm out from the previous game, the All Americans held their own against the Staleys, with the game tied. In the third quarter, a field goal from the Dutch Sternemann broke the tie and uh, won the game for Chicago 10-7. So, you know, must be a little odd to block a punt, return it for a touchdown, and lose a game 10-7. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, McNeil continued to assert that his team won the AFPA's 1921 championship and even invested in tiny gold footballs for his players to commemorate the achievement. I'm sorry, which team was McNeil again? Uh, McNeil was clearly Jordan. Haven't you been listening? I've been Obviously, trying. There's been a lot of names bouncing around. A lot yeah. of names. McNeil was the owner because Hallis owned Chicago. Oh, so right. Okay, I, I know that. Yeah, Hallis owned Chicago. Got it. So so he he even though he lost this game, he still claimed right. he was champion. But it was like an exhibition game. He didn't even use his borrowed players from the Detroit Tigers. How can we uh, be see, expected to even count it? Got it. Uh, even with the loss, Buffalo was still 9-1-2, while Chicago was 8-1, a half game behind Buffalo in the standings. Uh, Buffalo had played more games earlier in the season. That's a parenthetical I didn't need, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, if the season had ended that day, Buffalo would have still won the league title. Chicago, however, saw their opportunity and swiftly scheduled two more games in December. One against the Canton Bulldogs, and the other against their crosstown rivals, the Chicago Cardinals. Winning both games would have propelled Chicago to 10-1, one win ahead of Buffalo, and secure the championship. The Staley's defeated Canton 10-0 on December 11th, uh, but managed only to reach a scoreless tie with the Cardinals on December 18th. Scoreless tie, 10-0, 10-7. Jordan, this is a football era I could get behind. It so sounds like this is your, <laughs> this is your speed of football. Right? Oh, beautiful. Uh, Hallis decided to declare that the title belonged to Chicago and then began to persuade the other owners in the league to give his Staley's the title. Little little backdoor maneuvering. 
Uh, Hallis based his claim for the championship on his belief that the second game of the Buffalo Chicago series mattered more than the first. He Ooh, also, yeah, right. That seems that's there's the swindle. Yeah, I wonder why he decided which one was more important than the other. Uh, he must have had a very strict, uh, you know, methodology for working that out. Uh, he also pointed out that the aggregate score of the two games was 16-14 in favor of the Staleys. That is interesting. Oh, you, that's, uh, oh my gosh, that is such a BS. <laughs> that is such horseshit to do. Oh my God. McNeil insisted that Buffalo was the champion and maintained that the last two games his team played were merely exhibitions, to which Hallis rebutted that there was no such thing as exhibitions uh, since no set end of the season existed. And thus, according to him, all games had to be counted, whether Buffalo intended them or not. This sounds like a, an issue with their charter. They should have <laughs> yeah. set better rules. Yeah. Well, hey, how were you to know that it was important to have a set end of the season until someone was going to come along and keep playing until they won everything? Man, people were not smart back then, huh? <laughs> no. Uh, both the All-Americans and the Staleys had disputed the previous year's title, but were overruled by the Brunswick Bulky Colander Cup, which went to the Akron Pros. Bulky Colander? Like a strainer? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but but one that's really it doesn't fit into drawers, and you're like, oh, damn, that's kind of that's kind of all colanders, you know. Think <laughs> yeah, about it. You know, where are you gonna put that? You got to find a specific thing. You got to you got to feather in other bowls if you can make them fit. Yeah, uh, you got to put it in a cabinet. Ugh. Yeah, and don't remember it's uh, don't forget it's the Brunswick bulky uh, colander cup. So there's a bowling ball sitting right in the middle of that bulky colander. That would make it very unwieldy. Uh, so. Obviously, uh, this has been a source of some controversy. The Professional Football Research Association has recognized both sides of the debate. Jeffrey J. Miller, who coined the phrase Staley Swindle to describe the controversy, has argued most fervently that the All-Americans were wronged by the league's decision, which stands to the present day. Uh, Kenneth Crippen, in contest, uh, contest, contrast, has noticed that Buffalo's competition was not as stiff and that overall, the Staley's had a better season when factoring in margins of victory and strength of schedule. Ultimately, the legitimacy of Buffalo's claim to the title rests on whether the game in question was on or off the record. Wow, huh. this sounds disturbingly like college football. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, especially with the playoff now, I'm rating it and going, oh, what, what about those halcyon days when we really didn't know who was champion? <laughs> No, but look, look, everything is on the record unless you say, hey, can we take this off the record? So if there was none of that, everything's on the record. If there's no end to a season, who's to say the next season isn't just the same season? Right. Here's the thing. I heard that, that Frank McNeil turned to someone next to him and said, hey, uh, let's take this off the record for a second. Right before the game-winning field goal was kicked by the Chicago Staleys. Then it doesn't count. It's off the yeah. record. Doesn't count. So, if you really want to know who won the 1921 NFL season, it was the Buffalo All-Americans. Way to go, Buffalo. And that brings to a close another sports throughout history. Bum, 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 bum. Brought to you by... The History Channel. When it's now, it's news. When it's in the future, it's prediction. But when it's in the past, it's history. <laughs>
Joining us now on the podcast is Sacramento Kings uh, backup center, Yuri Gargantuan. Hello, hello, Jordan and Joel. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, Great to have you on, Yuri. Thank thank you, yes. Really appreciate it. How's your, you got a good internet connection there? You're able to Skype in okay? solid internet connection. Uh, Let me know if I have any drops, right? And then we'll be able to. I'm just kidding. I'm doing that with my voice. Oh, you're a, oh, you're a card. Oh, yeah. yes. That's I, that's why they say I will do well in America because everyone in America always has japes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, people are always talking about the japes in America. <laughs> there are lots of japes in America. I've seen the Dave Chappelle specials. Um, so, so Yuri, uh, obviously, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of NBA players on, but it's, it's wonderful to have you. And I guess uh, the big issue is... The NBA is going to be starting somewhat soon in Orlando, and I guess we want to get a kind of sense of how do how do the players feel about this? Do they feel safe? Yes, the players, uh, we feel very, very safe. Whenever we hear uh, from the, the NBA commissioner that things are safe, we have to take their word for it, and we're also going to be in the safest place on earth. Orlando, Florida, USA. Uh, I, I don't know if Orlando is necessarily the safest place, but yeah, it feels isolate very safe. The, isolating the one location, regardless of where it is, is, is going to be safe. I have been doing my research. Uh, I've ordered many pamphlets about travel Orlando, and the boy, I am excited to go live that Orlando lifestyle. I mean, obviously, there's usually a lot of fun stuff to do in Orlando, but what, uh, what do you anticipate doing while, while you're there? After a hard day of practice, there's nothing I want to do more than to go to an American Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and Orlando is full of them. I hear their portions are so big, it could feed a family of nine Ukrainians oh for my. three days on one, one meal. I don't, I don't mean to, I mean, first of all, that, that's wonderful that you, you like that restaurant, but I mean, they, they have to have locations in, in Sacramento, right? I mean, why, why, why so specifically excited about it? Because in Orlando, everybody's all packed in. You got everybody, there'll be thousands of people, overweight people, ordering uh, cottage cheese egg rolls and uh, 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 pork uh, pork bread and uh, and cheesecakes for appetizer and dessert. And it'll be quite an atmosphere to see all these vacationers eating cheesecake for their fat children. Well, I mean, probably not that many. I, I, I think, I mean, e- even if they are open, which they might not be, they're going to be uh, socially distancing. No. Social distance still, but coronavirus has been running for months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, so that's it's, exactly it. That's exactly so Everybody's it. fine now. We can go back to Cheesecake Factory. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you might double check it. The Cheesecake Factory is, is open locations in Orlando. They might not have. Really? It might be close? Well, yeah, I, it might. I mean, I, I know restaurants in, in Florida, they're, they're not as clamped down as other places, but it's at least possible. Oh no! I don't think I don't think you should worry about that, Yuri. Oh okay. yeah, I, I, I think you should focus on on the season. And, yes. and I guess, but but I guess you're right. Like, is there going to be? How do you envision yourself? You know, with, with this new pack schedule, how do you envision yourself unwinding? 
Oh, I love lots of ways to, but the number one way that I'm looking to unwind is to go to SeaWorld. Ah, oh, I want to see lots of abused dolphins and abused whales doing tricks for my amusement. Oh, it's 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 going to be magical. Everybody sitting in the splash zone, and you take garbage yeah. bags and you put over your head. I'm actually then, I'm, those those are ponchos, Yuri. Those are ponchos. They yeah. look a lot like garbage bags. They do. They do. Pretty sure SeaWorld's not going to be open. I mean that that wouldn't be safe to have that many people around each other. But why? The water will wash away any bacteria. Uh. They well, must still be safe in Splash Zone. <laughs> oh, oh, Yuri, I, I hate to break it to you, but but no. I mean, uh, you know, you could still be sitting next to someone with the virus, and they breathe out, and you breathe in, and you breathe in their breath, and, and you get it. No, because the splashes will take all the virus out of the air. They'll splash, and then they'll clean the air, right? So it must be safe. I mean, I don't know that it will be safe, but I mean, from what I've read, it, it's Joel. It's definitely opening. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, forget I said anything. <laughs> this is something. This is something uh, for Yuri to do. I don't know. Now I'm hearing about all these dangers, and now it's making me a bit sad about Orlando. Well, I mean, I think the the goal was to try to keep you guys in a bubble a little bit, so you maybe wait in the bubble. Yeah, so you're not as exposed to the dangers of Orlando. Like you're not going to be. You're, you're going to be staying at one location. I don't think they want Wait, you going location, out. one location? No yeah. going out? Yeah, no, one location. So you, 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 if you, you know, basically you can't be going out to a Cheesecake Factory. Oh, hey, yeah. Wait, whoa, 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 whether they're open or not is what you're saying, Jordan. I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, that must have been in all of those emails they sent that said important in the subject line. <laughs> yeah, I'm but you so can, busy so... reading my pamphlets. <laughs> Oh, Yuri, I, I, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, here's the oh. thing. I, here's the thing. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, because I don't want this to be too much of a downer. Because these things, I mean, Orlando's a pretty magical place. There's a lot going on there. But uh, and and you know, this is something that I think college kids deal with all the time on curfew on road games, where they don't want you leaving, but you know, a couple enterprising people can figure out a way to get out of there. If you know what I'm I saying, see. Yuri. We can sneak past the house mother and. <laughs> yeah. uh... And then we can go hit the town, which is great because I hear Orlando has top-notch orgies. What? Lots what? of orgies with fluids exchanged, <laughs> uh, many hundreds. Yeah, you, like they—you don't even—you just kind of show up when you want and just jump on the pile. You know. I I hate to break it to you, Yuri, but even on a good day, orgies are just like a petri dish. I mean, oh yeah, with coronavirus, that probably would be one of yeah. the worst things you could do. Yeah, I mean, also concerns about you know herpes and chlamydia and those other things, but definitely. Oh yeah, because of Florida, I see. Yeah, acutely, a, a more acutely dangerous in the near term. Yeah, in Florida, yeah, and maybe there'll be an alligator in the pile too. Yeah, that so would be very dangerous, Yuri. I got to yeah, tell you, very dangerous. So I guess, I mean, I had not known that Orlando was known for its orgies. Oh, you know, I went on Craigslist and the uh, casual meat section. Do they uh, call it Orgylando? Uh, they do. They call it Orgylando. Uh, 
and uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, you can uh, buy Mickey ears, but if you wear those, uh, you have to put them around your balls. <laughs> I... so it makes your penis look festive. Oh yeah, but yeah, I guess if you wore the if you wore the Mickey Mouse hat on your penis but upside down, it would look like you had enormous balls. That's very funny. That's a good joke. I like that first. That is a great joke. <laughs> well, uh, Yuri, may, maybe you can tell us, I guess, I, I mean, I, I hate that we bursted your bubble a bit here because you'll be in a bubble. But, I mean, maybe you can tell me what your uh, off-season plans are going to be because they're going to try to jam these games out. You know, they're going to try to get them all in. And what, what are you planning on doing maybe after the season, after the, re- the resumption of the regular season, after the playoffs? Oh, yeah. After the playoffs, I have big plans We'll go the uh, go-kart and mini golf and the bowling alley and uh, stay at $60 hotel around Disneyland and eat at buffet where they have Mickey Mouse pancakes, really just three pancake circles uh, put together. None really look like Mickey Mouse, but it's a $5 buffet. What do you expect? Yeah, they look more like giant testicles, really. Yeah. And uh, dr- drive very slow on interstate with lots of toll roads. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I hear the, the, the pools at the Hyatt are beautiful. Uh, so just have a great Orlando time. Well, I mean, I, you know, for your sake, Yuri, I hope you do. I hope, I hope more of those things are open, and I hope they let you out of the bubble so you can maybe experience uh, a little bit about uh, Orlando there. Yeah, I hear that it really is happiest place on earth. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Oh, it's wide world weird sports time. Everybody loves wide world weird sports. Wide world weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world weird sports: the garbage picking, field goal kicking, Philadelphia phenomenon. Finally, fucking finally. I, I am know, so right? ready for this. It took 389 episodes to finally get to this Disney classic. What? Oh, Joel might not actually know what this is. Oh, okay. I don't know what Let's... about this. Oh, boy. Joel, you're in for a treat. Here we go. The garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon, which is also known as simply the Philadelphia phenomenon. But no, really, no, no, who it's calls the full it thing. that? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's the always full the full thing. thing. Uh, is a 1998 American television movie starring Tony Danza. Oh. Yes. Yeah. How many Oscars did it win? I don't that... believe it, it's, it's, it's Oscar eligible. eligible because it's Jeez, an Emmy. Even with Tony Danza in it? I know. It was television. made for TV, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, let, let's meet Barney Gorman, played by Tony Danza. He works hard as a garbage man in Philadelphia, but his career indirectly embarrasses his family. Mm. He's a garbage man. It is something of a garbage career. Yeah. Uh, Barney's frustration is made worse by being a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, who are mired in a slump. Oh, no. But due to a sticky lever on his garbage truck, Barney has, without realized developed a very strong kick because he had to keep kicking the lever (laughs) on a garbage truck because it's sticky. 
had to get a running start and then kick the lever, which happened to be right near the ground. He would oh, take yeah. three steps back, two steps to the side, then mm-hmm. kick it. Very, but he had to do it over and over again, which really practice, you know, 10,000 hours going to be probably a Philadelphia to, phenomenon. Probably had to kick that lever really accurately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one day at the city dump, where garbage man <laughs> If you kick the lever and it's side left. Yep. Well, so, Joel, I'm moving on here. One day yeah, at the oh, city yeah. dump, uh, Barney kicks a water jug extremely far. And catches the attention of a group of Eagles executives who are scouting the location to let to build a new stadium. <laughs> I need, I love how they get them to the city dump. Right? Yeah, they're like, yeah, well, you know what? We'll build it over trash. Hey, who's that guy? You're uh, all the. They take all the letters to the mascot. They just take him to the dump. Right. I that might be the other way. <laughs> yep. The Eagles coach offers Barney a job as the team's new kicker, which the owner feels is an excellent publicity stunt by giving the average Joe a shot at the NFL. Hmm. But that's not the end of the movie. That's the beginning of the movie. Tell me more. Barney joins the Eagles, but at first isn't accepted by his teammates, especially his roommate, Bubba. Oh. Yeah. Which is too bad. It was played by uh, Jamie Cardrich, who I don't believe had a career after that. <laughs> you don't say I wonder why. But once Barney starts playing and makes a lot of important field goals, his teammates and football fans all over town begin to love him, giving him the nickname G-Man, which stands for Garbage Man. <laughs> Unfortunately, the name and popularity begin to go to Gar- Barney's head, and he becomes conceited no. and talks down to his teammates. Mm. Mm. Yeah. In the next game, Barney misses a potential game-winning field goal, knocking the Eagles out of contention for the playoffs. Whew. So Barney, he goes to the bar depressed and lonely when an attractive blonde woman approaches him. She asks if he is Barney Gorman and if she could take a picture with him. And, of course, Barney is caught off guard when the woman kisses him in the photo when it's being taken she says thanks giving him an alluring smile as she walks away so then the sex scene (laughs) no barney's mood goes from bad to worse when he's suspended from the team uh because he misses a date with his wife who sees the picture of him kissing the blonde woman in the newspaper when barney arrives home he finds his wife has kicked him out leaving a suitcase outside his door with a photo of the newspaper. Right, but put the newspaper. That's his pre-football stardom family, you know? Shouldn't he be planning on... With the alluring blondie? Yeah. Yeah, who's, who's clearly... I mean, that's that's how the world works, right? And as we all know, the football teams definitely suspend their player for cheating on his wife. Right. That's this the thing football practice. teams do, yeah. 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 You kissed a girl, you... Right. Like, keep your head in the game. No kissing, girls. They, yeah. They, they use it as a cover because he missed the field goal. That's right, right. Still, they just didn't want to say they were suspending <laughs> for missing the field goal. That's true. Well, you know the sort of controversy that cities face when they try to replace a kicker who missed a field goal. They needed yeah. some other sort of story to, to, to butter people up. Well, after some soul-searching, Barney comes to his senses and apologizes to his wife, son, father, and teammates 
Good, good, so the good. Eagles let him back on the team because they just wanted an apology for the final game of the season. <laughs> yeah, Barney's given a chance to redeem himself as the game again comes down to a last-second field goal. The holder fumbles the snap, and Barney grabs it and scores the win game-winning turn. <laughs> the end of the season press tom- conference, Barney remembers his roots as a garbage man and points out that garbage men deserve respect, too. Because they work hard to keep the city clean. I mean, that's the end of the movie. I feel like that would inspire a lot of booing from Philadelphian fans. Oh, yeah. You don't tell us who to to like. I can throw my cheesecake straight on the trash and garbage people have to pick it up. Jordan, uh, but everything inspires a lot of booing from Philadelphia fans. That's fair. You could could put Michelangelo's David at the 50-yard line and... I'm sure they would boo a lot. That's fair. Uh, Runtime, 78 minutes. Woo! Tight one. Tight one. Yeah. And that brings it into another wide world of weird sports. Don't forget the garbage men respect, respect too, because they work hard for Cleveland City. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go... We're going to bring back on Yuri Gargantuan to give you our contact information. And maybe tell us a little bit of it about Orlando. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That is where I will view all of the fun things that are going on in Orlando, uh, like uh, the uh, alligator tattoos. Uh, but I can't go because I'll be in bubble for the season. And very importantly, you're not called. Or, or you can find all of our Facebooks on facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. While you're there, you can spread some news. Doesn't have to be real news. No. <laughs> oh. Yuri. I yeah. know. Ah, tricky, tricky. <laughs> or you can find uh, all of our back episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm. Slash sports number three podcast. Looks like I will be listening to lots of podcasts sitting inside of my red roof in for the season. Thanks, Yuri. You're welcome. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. How do you think I'd look in a tri-corner hat? Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.